You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Filling in for a one-time special episode is your host, the sassy and sweet, wonderful wife of Albert Pineda, Allison Pineda. Hey, everybody. This is Allison. I'm your host temporarily for one day, filling in for my husband, Albert. Um, I wanted to do this one-time hosting podcast so that I could interview him for his birthday. His birthday just passed. And I feel like he does a lot of the questioning. He deserves to talk about himself. Um, and I just really am grateful for him and for uh, all he does for our family. Really proud of him, proud of him with his podcast and the growth that I've seen that he's had since starting it. And proud of him for taking the initiative to do it. You know, when he came to me and said, I want to start a podcast, I didn't expect that. And I just said, okay, how can I help you? And he's really taken it and run with it. And I'm super proud of him. I'm grateful for the man that he is. I married him because he has a good heart. He's a kind man. He loves God and he loves other people. And to this day, that's still what shines through. Grateful that he supports me and all my crazy, crazy ideas. And he puts up with all that I put him through. I'm grateful that he loves our children and that he loves to serve. And that he is so fun and just a wonderful man all around. I've said it since day one. I definitely don't deserve him, but I'm grateful that he thinks I should be with him. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy the questions that he answers and that you get to know my husband a little bit better. And here we go. Take it away. So joining me today on the podcast is my wonderful, amazing, hot husband. Welcome to the show, Albert Pineda. Thank you, Allison. It's uh, good to be here with you. Yeah, I'm in charge. Yes, you are. <laughs> I do like this. Although you're a million times better at the podcast than I ever would be, so I'm glad I'm just a one-time host. Well, I've had lots of episodes of practice now. This is going to be episode 34, if I'm not mistaken. So, That's awesome. So I've, I've had a lot of fun like leading conversations and, and asking questions, preparing ahead of time, and then going off of uh, additional questions based on what people respond or yeah. how they respond. So Yeah, you're really good at being that. So I'm going to do my best. I'm no Albert, but I have listened to every single episode you've ever had because I am your number one fan. Thank you. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. You okay. ready? Yes, I am. Let's do this. Okay, first question. Let me pull this up. Tell me about your early childhood and teenage years. What were they like? Uh, sure. Yeah, I will definitely like to go into that. So uh, I'm the middle child of five kids. Uh, if you listen to the episode we talked with my parents when I got to interview them, uh, I got to explain that uh, I grew up in Temple City. Temple City has been my home for it was my home for 26, 25 years that my parents lived there. They lived in a few other homes before I was born, but Temple City is really all I know. And uh, growing up, I mean, you know, I know there's there's been people talking about like, you know, what generation they're from, you know. Uh, like people, they, some, some people coined the phrase Xennial, which is kind of like a mixture of like generation X and millennials. And I think we fall under that category, okay. uh, being born in the, the age, the year range of, uh, 1977 to 1983. So kind of having the best of both worlds. Like we were very imaginative with the way we were as kids, you know, the, the games that we would play outside, uh, like capture the flag, freeze tag all kinds of really cool creative stuff on how we would play outside. But at the same time, we were the generation that grew up playing Nintendo. So we played the 8-bit Nintendo and then every Nintendo console after that. 
And, you know, as, as TV also kind of became really huge and big, it's, it was before that as well. So I think a lot of that, I, I think, uh, I know there's kind of a bad rep that millennials get of just kind of like watching TV all the time, uh, <laughs> which I, I don't like that, to be honest. I don't think it's fair to generalize and say, okay, your generation just does this. But that being said, I think uh, uh, we kind of got the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, growing up in Temple City, Temple City was great. Uh, as a teenager, you know, I continued to grow and develop uh, interests like music, uh, sports. For a while, the only sport I was really watching was baseball. Because, again, if you listen to that episode with my parents, my dad was a huge baseball fan. So uh, him and his brothers and his dad would go to Dodger games at the Coliseum and then at Dodger Stadium when they eventually moved into their own stadium. So I remember at a young age going to baseball games with my dad and then as a teenager going to baseball games with uh, my good friend, Nick Turner and other friends, once we all were able to drive. So that's kind of how I spent a lot of my, my teenage years, sports or baseball, particularly, particularly the Dodgers and, and video games and uh, watching TV and uh, hanging out with friends. Yeah. We had a really good group of friends that we hung out and spent a lot of time with. Yeah. It sounds like you had a really good childhood teenager growing up. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite video game? My favorite video game. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> My favorite game is actually Uncharted 2, which is a game for the PlayStation 3. So this was actually years after my uh, childhood life. But if you're asking back to childhood, probably Super Mario World. It was actually the first game that we had for the Super Nintendo. I don't know if that means anything at all to you. But... Yeah, it does. I know <laughs> okay. a little bit. Okay. Not okay. enough to yeah. be dangerous. Uh... But... <laughs> Super Mario World was probably my favorite game as a young kid going into my teenage years. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Next mm -hmm. question. You've often said that science fiction, fantasy music, and sports, which you brought up on some of those, are your three primary interests for entertainment. What led you to love these? I talked about this on the other episode that I did, uh, or a couple of episodes ago, like the most improbable comeback of the 21st century, why I love music. So I won't go into too many details here, but basically that was another uh, hobby that was cultivated and developed by uh, my family, my, my dad, my older siblings, everybody loved music. So being around them, that's kind of how I just loved music as well. But I think when you hear other music, I think that's when you kind of develop and cultivate your own musical tastes. But, you know, being married to me, you know that I love almost everything, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like things I don't even know about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your taste is very eccentric all over. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I listen to, to K-Rock, uh, local radio, uh, rock radio station here in L.A. Uh, not so much anymore because, I mean, I stream my music now, so I don't really like uh, listen to the radio. But a lot of what they were playing was music that I would listen to. Uh, so in the 90s, I grew listened to um uh Depeche Mode, The Cure, Duran Duran, like bands for like new wave bands from the 80s who continued on to the 90s. And then I developed more of a taste for rock. So 311, uh, the Stone Temple Pilots, uh Oasis, uh Incubus later on in the decade. So and then while at the same time loving the music that my parents listened to. So you know like uh 60s and 70s uh pop rock music that was popular at the time. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, music's been a huge part of my life and, you know, to this day, I still collect vinyls and got several vinyls for my birthday this year, which was really fun. And yeah, I just love, uh, the hobby. I think it's just, it's really fun. It's, um, a great way to build friendships and music brings so much joy and happiness. So yeah, 
I mean, uh, I, I could go on longer. I don't want to take too much time talking about music here, but that's what I would suggest to everybody. If you haven't already listened to that episode, the most improbable comeback of the 21st century, that would have been maybe like episode 16, I think, of like the show. Uh, please go back and listen to that episode. Good plug. Good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, music's a big part of our home, even though we don't always agree on the same type of music, but we are always listening to something in our home. We are. And I, I love that Avery loves music. So even if she doesn't grow up loving like my music, quote unquote, my music, I mean, I, I don't really like to call it my music because it's everyone's for everybody, but uh, I love that she loves it so much. And it's it's so cool to me that she could recite lyrics for songs that I like, like, you know, Hello, I Love You by The Doors or Dead Man's Party by Lingo Boingo. <laughs> and then she could at the same time also recite lyrics from Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, the music that Allison likes, which is kind of fun. So yeah. I, I like just seeing Avery get excited about music and I'm very excited to see where that takes her as she gets older. You do realize it's a competition to see where she ends up. Probably, yeah. You do know it's on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You do know who likes to win. Yeah. Yeah, except your music taste is good. I'll give you that for mm -hmm. sure. So you may win her over because she is singing your song. Well, I mean, again, a lot of it is uh, the music that I listen to is music that you like as well. So would it necessarily be, okay, this is Albert's music versus Allison's music, where some of the songs you like are very distinctly yours. So. True, true. Tell me about your 311 concerts. Oh, good question. Okay. Oh, I don't know if you want to finish up with the sports and uh, sci-fi. I mean, okay. uh, well, basically, so sports, I kind of went already went over it. I mean, I developed a love for for baseball because of my dad. Um, I, I mentioned it before also on the show that I served as a missionary for our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Brazil, and they absolutely love, love soccer. So it was there that I got, you know, I think if you're surrounded by by certain things, or certain people who can influence you, you can kind of develop and take on those interests for your own. So that's where I, I love soccer, learned to love soccer. And then came back loving the LA Galaxy, the local team here in LA, and still love them to this day. Mm. And then around that same time is during the era of uh, Kobe and Chuck, when they were winning their three consecutive championships. So uh, the Lakers winning, I think, helped uh, develop that love for them as well. Yeah, that's true. So, so I think it was kind of around that time, probably like my early 20s, where my love of sports expanded from not just baseball to but basically to everything um and then for for sci-fi and fantasy i'll just go really quick with that um at school again i was influenced by friends like everybody was you know into ninja turtles and then eventually into marvel particularly the x-men at the time the x-men were really popular in the early 90s and then spider-man also was popular so being around my friends from school i think i kind of uh developed that hobby from them as well to love it and I kept with it. I mean, a lot of people kind of, I think kind of like abandoned it, but I loved it so much. I just kept on liking it all the way to today. And then, you know, in the advancements of Hollywood, we got to see like uh, really cool film adaptations, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, additional Star Wars movies, and then the superhero movies that we enjoy today. So it's a, a really cool escapism, if you will. And I, I talked about this in my uh, episode previous with my buddy Eddie Ramirez that summer blockbusters are just so much fun. They uh, are a great way to uh, enjoy entertainment, have a blast. So yeah, these are all things that are really important to my life and I enjoyed it since I was very little and so enjoyed to this day. Awesome. Okay, tell me about your 311 concerts. Okay, so 311 again, <laughs> I keep talking about uh, being influenced by other people. So uh, my good friends, Nick, Marcelo, and uh, Derek Dupre, who I haven't had on the show, I definitely would love to have him on sometimes to talk about stuff. Yeah. But previous guests um, who have been on the podcast were those friends who helped me develop uh, a love for 311. So I went to my very first 311 concert in Fresno, California. 
in the summer of 2003, uh, the 311 had just released the Evolver album and we did a road trip. So that was pretty cool. Like we took Marcelo's mom's car. Uh, it almost overheated because <laughs> we drove from Southern California to Fresno and it was in the dead of summer, the dog days of summer. So we're talking like, you know, 107 degree weather and, and Fresno isn't a very nice town. It's kind of, kind of, sorry. Fresno listeners. Yeah. Uh, my apologies to Fresno listeners. In fact, I mentioned that in the 311 day podcast. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was such a blast. I mean, it was, it was the first time seeing them live and hearing songs that I had loved for, for several years. And getting to hang out with my buddies going on a road trip. That was really, really cool. So that was my first one. Um, traveling, I've gotten to travel to various destinations to see 311, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. And a lot of it, again, was just uh, getting to spend time with my friends and hang out with them. So that gave me a perfect excuse to, you know, to go to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana for a 311-day concert. Where, again, that's a massive, cool experience where they play a lot of their deep cut songs. They go on for several hours, so it's not just like your average hour and a half to two hour concert, but they go on for almost like three to four hours. And I also got to see him at the historic uh, uh, Red Rocks Amphitheater in Denver, Colorado. And uh, uh, I can't even describe in words just how beautiful and awesome that venue is. So uh, that's definitely a, a bucket list, um, a bucket list activity that most people should go see. I mean, people say, "Yeah, go see the Grand Canyon." And I would definitely agree with that, but I would also say go see Red Rocks in Denver, Colorado. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite 311 song? Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. <laughs> and then follow-up question. Do you know my favorite 311 song? Uh, I think I do. I okay. think I do. Okay. okay. So you first. My favorite 311 song is uh You Wouldn't Believe from the the From Chaos album. Good one. Uh, and that particular song, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, Allison, but uh, uh Shaquille O'Neal's a huge 311 fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually got to perform on stage with them during a K-Rock concert, the Weenie Roast. Because Shaq, you know, he went through his career like being uh, wanting to be a rap star. Right. <laughs> so they did like a rap rock song that uh, I, I thought sounded really cool. But to be honest, I don't know if Shaq's really that good of a rapper. <laughs> Probably not. But the song sounds so cool. It's, it's called Psycho. It's never been like, I think, commercially released. I think you can just get like bad quality audio on YouTube. But it's still a cool song to check out uh and and yeah because he was such a huge fan of the band he got to perform with them and they even used him in the music video for that song so that's a really really cool like great pump up rock song from 311 uh you wouldn't believe and if i were to guess for you i would suggest that your favorite 311 song is their cover of love song by the cure that that's was on the right. 51st date soundtrack Good job, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a song that you play a lot and it was part of our wedding playlist song mm -hmm. our, our, I mean, when we talk about how much we as a family and a couple love music I mean we went we spent a good amount of time putting together that playlist almost as much time as like planning the wedding itself no not that much but okay. a lot a lot a lot you yeah. put a lot into I, it I put a lot into yeah. it yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that song yeah that song's good okay cool good job thank you okay um oh follow-up question yeah so yeah. where okay you mentioned the whole kobe shack winnings yeah where were you when they had parades do you remember uh you know what i don't i didn't make it to any of the parades i should have okay no, so no, but where were you in the moment of time do you remember watching them from oh, okay so the first two so the championship that they won in 2000 i was in the mission field mm. so i didn't get as I, I was in brazil i didn't get to to see that one uh, I only found out like year, like, you know, I'm not years, I mean, sorry, like, you know, months later that they actually had won the NBA title. Okay. And at the time I was still kind of like uh, aware of the Lakers. I mean, they had just moved into Staples Center just like the year previous. Uh, so again, they were like, you know, the huge hot bucket, hot 
bucket ticket for LA, the, the Lakers. In 2001, I was in a particular area in Brazil where one of the members, the local members, a uh, Brazilian, he knew that I, well, I mean, I don't know if he knew I was a basketball fan because again, I hadn't really developed a love for basketball just yet, but because he knew I was from Los Angeles, he just automatically assumed, oh, you would want to know this. So he was giving me like, you know, up-to-the-date info on how the Lakers were doing. In fact, the 2001 championship season was the one where they only lost one playoff game to uh, the, the Pacers in the finals. No, not the Pacers. I'm sorry. No, uh, the 76ers against uh, uh, Allen Iverson, uh, the 76ers. Uh, but that was the, the, the finals. I'm sorry, the playoffs where they almost swept the whole thing, which is really cool. The following one after that, 2002, that was the one I was home for. And that was the one that uh, uh, Robert Ory made his miraculous, awesome, amazing three-point shot, which I would still consider maybe the the second best moment in all of professional sports. What's the first? The first is uh, Kirk Gibson's home run to win game one of uh, the 88 World Series for the okay, Packers. Yeah. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that particular game, uh, it was on a Sunday afternoon on ABC broadcast, so early, early showing. Uh, I had church responsibilities, so I wasn't able to watch the whole game. So I was kind of bummed about that. But, Good you know, going to church. Yeah, life, some life happens, you know. <laughs> but I was able to catch like the last few minutes of that, uh, the fourth quarter. And I was actually watching the game with my dad in his room in his little like tiny, we had a little tiny like 19 inch TV. So this was 2002, well before like, you know, LCD and plasma TV. So well before everybody had like the big massive screens. But it was so cool just to share that moment with my dad uh, and then just wow, blown away that amazing moment, like, you know, jumping up and down in my dad's bedroom like that Aww. because the Robert Ory had made that shot and tied up the series uh, two games apiece. Had the Lakers lost that game, that would have probably been pretty disastrous for them moving forward in that, the Western Conference Finals against Sacramento. And, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really care for the Kings. So, <laughs> side note. Yeah, side note. Side note, Albert doesn't care for the Kings. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of go back to this often that, a lot of the, the hobbies and interests that I have, I get to share with friends and family and that makes it extra special. So I think that's why I love, you know, love the sports so much. What love the sci-fi and fantasy so much, love music so much, because all this is uh, it, it brings me closer to the people who I'm closest to. So yeah, that was a really great moment for me to get to watch that, that particular game, or at least the last few minutes of that game with my dad. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Oh, of course. Okay. Tell me about your mission in Brazil. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so, so, yeah, I was called to serve as a missionary in Brazil, uh, more specifically the Sao Paulo Interlagos mission. And uh, previous episodes, I got to talk to my good friends, uh, uh, Joe Nabrowski and Jeremy Moise, about our time, you know, learning the Portuguese language, learning how to be missionaries in the Provo uh, Missionary Training Center. We, we formerly call it the MTC. Uh, and while I was there in Brazil, it was a pretty big cultural shock initially um because again it's, it's difficult being away from home it's difficult to follow the Portuguese language in my mind I kept thinking that the Brazilians were speaking way too fast I can't mm -hmm. understand anything and then if I can't understand or follow the conversation like I had problems like daydreaming and just my mind would wander but uh there as uh attention my attention span grew I was able to comprehend the language a little better in a couple of months and uh, just doing good work. I mean, you know, sharing our beliefs about the church with the Brazilian people was really great. Uh, for the most part, I found that people were uh, very receptive or at least willing to want to talk. Even with uh, an American who kind of had like a broken accent, they still were very kind and considerate to us. 
And then for me personally, it was kind of weird. So they can look at my skin and know, okay, he's not white. So he's not quite American, but he doesn't quite talk like us. So <laughs> wonder where he's from. So like, I think people were kind of intrigued by that. Mm, yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I've had so many wonderful experiences. Uh, if people wanted to kind of get a gauge of what Brazil was like, or what, where my general areas were like, if you've ever seen the, the Ed Norton, Incredible Hulk, movie you know that there's a scene where he's hiding out in uh in Rio de Janeiro technically I served in Sao Paulo it's a different city but a lot of the background look kind of like that so that kind of gives you an indication if you watch that movie like what life was like so it was very humbling to, to see people in you know not the best of circumstances for living but they were so happy and they were full of life and they were optimistic so the Brazilian people to this day they still, still hold a really special place in my heart that's so sweet, babe. And I never knew the part about the movie matching your mission. Studies. Oh, yeah. So but for the most cool. part, yeah. Yeah, it kind of did. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. How's your Portuguese now? Not as good as it should be. I, I don't get to practice it as often as I do. Like a few of my friends also lived in Brazil. In fact, I should probably even touch base with Joe and Jeremy. Just say, hey, you guys want to have a conversation in Portuguese and see you how should. it goes. So, yeah, I don't get to practice it as often as I would. I mean, it's not like Spanish where... If you're here in the the LA area, you can guarantee like anywhere you go, you're going to run into someone who knows how to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So true, true. Okay, tell me about Dragon Flicks. Oh, what is I, that? And tell us about it. Oh, okay, very cool. I'm glad you asked that question. Okay, so, uh, so as I mentioned earlier, I grew up in Temple City and t- attended Temple City High School, and uh, even though I had a big love for sports or at least for baseball, um, I wasn't really like super active active in uh athletics i mean i wasn't really that athletic of a person so uh, i wasn't very good but i took an interest in my freshman year of wanting to participate in sports so i ran cross country uh, i wrestled i ran track and i didn't do any of those very well (laughs) and i kind of got a little discouraged and lost interest and decided you know what i'm not really going to do this so i almost kind of had the the feeling of in being in high school like just not doing anything just kind of coasting through just do the classes i need to take to graduate and that was going to be it uh which is a huge no-no i mean i would tell everybody you need to be involved in extracurricular stuff no matter what it is in fact i mean it's something that allison and i have been talking about now with avery as she's getting older our uh, our oldest daughter our only daughter (laughs) Uh, getting her involved in she's a swimming and she we have her signed up for softball and soccer and you know trying out these things as she's younger then as she gets older she'll develop other interests so she may end up doing things that aren't necessarily athletic but as long as she's being engaged in something you know it's kind of been our family model to be anxiously engaged in a good cause so to do things like that I think it's very important it builds character it, it uh can contribute to greatly to your overall value in life so so a good friend of mine from high school uh jared Kloss, he's the one who told me hey why don't you sign up for this class called dragon flicks um and basically dragon flicks it got its name because the, the instructor of the class miss corky dunn who had been a longtime teacher at temple city high school art teacher uh, i think she was way into like the fantasy and like you know adventure stuff like that so i think like that's how the name came from you know like because she likes dragons so dragon flicks you know, I should have asked uh, Mike Kidd when I interviewed him and his sister, Lisa, a couple of years, a couple of years, <laughs> uh, a couple of episodes ago, like where the name Dragonflix actually came from. But basically, it's a class that teaches theater and film production, which is a really cool thing to learn in school. Uh, so I was in the class and they teach us the basics of theater production, you know, how to set up 
soundboards and monitors and speakers, the, the equipment that uh, the talent would need to use. And we actually did uh, full musicals at the San Gabriel Mission uh, Playhouse, which is what they call it now. Back then we called it the San Gabriel Civic Auditorium since Temple City High School wasn't big enough to have its own auditorium. A lot of high schools here do, but Temple City didn't. So I spent a lot of time there. And that's where I, you know, really develop, you know, team building skills, great friendships with other, uh, my fellow students, uh, learning the, the technical aspect of theater and how to put on a stage production. So being part of the stage crew was a lot of fun. And it was a really, really great experience for me. I did it for three years. Uh, so my sophomore, junior and senior year. And my junior year, I got to serve as a co-crew chief with my good friend, Peter Halge, who's also been on the podcast before. Awesome. So, so that was a fun experience too. Like it, it was a little stressful because it was added responsibility. But as I've learned in life and as we've tried to instill to Avery that you can grow by doing hard, difficult things. So to try and do your best to challenge yourself, uh, to not just sit idly by, but actually just to strive to be a little bit better every day. So that's why I would say, yeah, these extracurricular activities, regardless of what you do, are really, really important to building your character. And yeah, so I did it for three years and loved it. It was a really wonderful experience. And I'm grateful that I've gotten to maintain some contact with a lot of those people that I, some of those people that I knew from Dragonflix, like Peter and uh, Lisa and Mike. Yeah, I really enjoy all those episodes with him. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good job. You're doing great so far. Thank you. <laughs> How am I doing? You're doing great as a host. Thank you. Thank okay. you for these questions. Okay, good. Um, let's switch it up. Tell me about Space Bank. You've been there for what, 20 years now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so after returning home from missionary service in Brazil, uh, I was looking for a job, you know, just trying to do something. You gotta, you gotta make money. Right. <laughs> and at the time I was also going to be attending, uh, Pasadena city college, uh, on a part-time basis. But again, I didn't really have a direction as to what I wanted to do for school. Like I was almost just kind of going just for the sake of going, which again is still like, you don't really want to do going through the motions just because like, it's always good to have a, a, a definitive plan if you can. But again, most people go through that. I think a lot of times they don't really know what they want to do. So uh, they'll, they'll do things like I did, you know, take a few classes at, at PCC just because. And at the time I was also looking for part-time work because I wanted to actually get some money so I can buy a car which is obviously you need a car to get around. And then as you're a recently returned missionary, you're probably looking to want to date and get married. So you kind of have to car, have a car for that. <laughs> so um, I did a few jobs. Like I, I worked at Pizza Hut with my cousin Ramon, but I didn't really like that job very much. Uh, I did some work with my dad, which I enjoyed, but the opportunity to work with Space Bank Mini Storage came up because my aunt Alma, so my mom's sister, uh, was an accountant for the company. And she knew I was looking for a job. So she, she put me in touch with Mike Matheson, the general manager at the time. And we hit it off really well. And I've been employed by that company since May of 2002. So wow. it's been just a little bit over 20 years. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so Space Bank Mini Storage is just basically your, your regular public storage facility. Of course, technically, the, the Pasadena location that they have, which I work primarily out of, was an old naval research base before it was converted to storage and then the, their ownership of uh, uh, Bob Oltman and Margie Schubert and her husband, uh, who has since passed away, uh, Clay Schubert, uh, purchased the property, I want to say, back in the late 70s. So they've been operating for a long time, well over 40 years. Uh, yeah, so, so I mean, it's, it's a really unique facility. It's really cool. Uh, we do basic work, like, you know, basic office work. 
uh, doing rental agreements with uh, customers who want to rent storage spaces and your basic day-to-day office work. But what I thought was really enticing about it was how well they treated me over the years. So like if I wanted time off, uh, vacation time, accommodating school, they have been so wonderful and great. I, I can't say enough wonderful things about the my employers at Space Bank Mini Storage. And then I, I also mentioned this before in a previous episode of the podcast where Allison and I were talking about our infertility problems. And when I found out that her IVF procedure for Avria had worked, uh, I, I worked for 10 years managing their Ontario location. And I managed it uh, by myself, essentially. I mean, uh, my, my boss, Virginia, would call in to check in on me and then come by and visit every now and then. But I was essentially working on supervised. So it was great that they would instill that much trust in me. And I had a wonderful experience working there too. And some funny stories, some funny, cool stuff. And then also some kind of difficult stuff to talk about happened there. But uh, I wouldn't change my experience at all. It was wonderful working for them. And as I mentioned before in the previous episode, I was there in that office when I found out I was going to be a dad when Allison was pregnant with Avery. So my my time at Space Bank Mini Storage has been wonderful. And I'm very grateful for all that they've done for me. Yeah, I would definitely second how wonderful they've been to us as a family um, and how special it was that that's where you found out Avery was going to be born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Okay, next question. You doing all right? Yeah, okay. yeah thank you. Um, what are some of your favorite travel destinations? I kind of mentioned it before that, uh, you know, I got, I've gotten to go to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, which was really cool for, for a 311 concert. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Um I, I flew out with my my good friend Nick Nick Turner, and uh, we we got a really nice hotel. Uh, our our good friend Tom McNeil had kind of hooked it up for us, so we were able to get a nice hotel. I guess through the company he was with, uh, just outside the French Quarter. So what what they tell you if you go if anyone's looking to potentially go visit New Orleans, particularly the French Quarter, you don't really need to have a rental car. I mean, just get a hotel if you can outside the quarter. Probably not best inside because it might be difficult to rest and get some sleep because there's partying going on. Uh, maybe not necessarily uh, at a, a Mardi Gras time, but <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's still really cool that you can you can walk around the city, right? Walk around that area, really historic, really cool vibe around the the whole area there. Uh, we got to eat so many like fried chicken places. <laughs> that, that was really fun. Uh, Cajun jambalaya. We got to try mm-hmm. that. That was a really good did dish. You like that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was fun. That was really good. Um, and then we got to visit along with all the three eleven festivities that was going on while we were there. We also got to visit the uh, World War II museum, which is really cool. Like they actually built the the U boats that they the uh, U.S. military had used there in that area, like near the. The, the Gulf of Mexico, I believe, right there in that area, where because it's right there. Uh, so there's lots of really cool, fun things to do in New Orleans, even if you're not uh, a big drinker. Like, obviously, we're not because, <laughs> because we're LDS, but there's still a lot of historical, really cool, fun things to do in the city. And uh, it was kind of cool to say they got to, to be there because I think it's one of the coolest uh, cities in the in the country. That's on our bucket list to go as a family. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Denver, like I mentioned before, uh, we got to go to see specifically Red Rocks, which is technically in a city called Morrison, which is like right next to Denver. I mean, you just say Denver, everyone knows what you're talking about. Uh, so that was fun. I got to go in the summertime. I don't know if I would have appreciated it going in the winter when it's like snowing. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, so the summertime, but, uh, they do have pretty crazy weather there. Like, you know, it can just like randomly start raining on you like really hard and then stop 
and it'd be sunny the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. go figure. But yeah. yeah, Denver was really cool. Uh, and then some of my best trips have actually been with you. So we got to do our honeymoon in the Bahamas. That was really, really fun. And then we got Your to... Your favorite was swimming with dolphins, huh? Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> See the sarcasm in his face. <laughs> the dolphins are scary. Like, they're really big. And they're, they're, and they're scary. They're kind of smart. I don't know if I like an animal that's smarter than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, so the Bahamas were was wonderful. Alice and I had a wonderful honeymoon going there on a, on a cruise. And then we got to spend the day in Miami, which was kind of fun. Yeah, I, fun. Coming coming back from the from the trip, we've also gotten to go to Orlando for your brother Colin's wedding to his wife Bia. So that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Bring Avery with us to Orlando. We've gone to Hawaii many many times. So mm-hmm. every time that we've gone, it's been really wonderful and great. I mean, the first time I got to go to Hawaii was when Allison and I were still dating long distance, and she was trying to sell me on the island. So. It was kind of fun to do a lot of the touristy stuff, like go see the Dole Plantation, Pearl Harbor, Waikiki Beach, a lot of things like that, the YMA Falls. So, yeah, we do lots of uh, touristy things, or at least the first time I went. And since then, I mean, because we're there to see Allison's family, it's mostly really for family stuff. So we'll just be at Allison's parents' home and just be together with her family. But every time we go, it's always fun. It's always great. Uh, and I always have a fun time when we go. So Hawaii is definitely one of my uh, favorite uh, destinations as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, who's your favorite superhero? Hmm. Okay. So growing up as a kid, Spider-Man was my favorite. Uh, I got to, I, I feel like I related to him on a personal level. I'm going to go deeper into this with a, a Spider-Man anniversary episode. I'm going to be doing with my friend Peter very shortly. But uh, yeah, Spider-Man, I think, was a very relatable hero in the sense that he wasn't anyone special. He was just kind of an average guy, uh, but he became extraordinary because of what happened to him. So, you know, taking the the most of the situation you're put in, uh, I think, is a really valuable lesson to learn. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. So I've always loved that. And uh, but in the MCU, I think Captain America was really well done. So kudos to Chris Evans and his writing team and everyone who put together the Captain America movies. Cause I think it was very inspiring and really great to see his portrayal on the big screen. So in the comic page, probably Spider-Man. But then I also love Tom Holland's uh, and all the Spider-Man actors. I think have been great. So Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, but probably uh, live action, maybe uh, Captain America. Maybe. You're very Captain America-ish. Oh, thanks. That's very much you. <laughs> Thank you. Very much you. What do you consider some of your talents? Uh, I'm really artistic. Uh, a lot of members of my family are. Uh, my my mom and my older sister, Adriana, are really great, have great artistic talent. I think I kind of get that from them. Um, and for a while, I actually wanted to become a comic book artist when I was really younger. I actually drew uh, Marvel characters, just uh, free, freehand. And I actually created my own characters as well and actually started publishing my own comics. <laughs> Not professionally. It was actually very lame put together. Like I would fold papers in half, put them all together and then staple them down the middle crease mm-hmm. and then like draw my own like panels. And yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was a fun little hobby that I did as a teenager. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have that talent. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool that a lot of uh, my family members have been really talented and maybe in other ways, too, like. My younger sister, Monica, has a lot of musical talent. So that's really cool to see her uh, do what she does. And it'd be really cool to see what Avery ends up doing when she gets a little older. Maybe she'll develop musical talent, too. Yeah, absolutely. And she's got some skills in art for sure from you. Yeah. Thank goodness. (laughs) 
Um, what's your favorite thing about being a husband and a dad? Uh, favorite thing about being a husband and a dad. Uh, for a husband, I mean, we, we mentioned this many times. It's great to have a built-in best friend. Mm -hmm. So there have been times when maybe I wanted to do something fun and I couldn't really find anyone to come with me to do it. Like Allison and I do so many great things. Um, obviously, as a married couple with responsibilities, we kind of slow down a little bit, but we went to so many concerts together. In fact, we have a really cool concert that I'm looking forward to later this month. Who's uh, that? The Killers okay. and Johnny Marr. <laughs> I just want to make sure you say it. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to The Killers. Um, so and then going to the movies with Allison, she's always game to watch any movie I want to watch. Uh, lots of other fun activities, like, uh, for instance, you know, birthdays. Before, birthdays weren't really that big of a deal for me. But for Allison, she would just insist, yeah, we should do something fun. We should celebrate you. So we've gotten to do so many great things, like, you know, Disneyland trips, uh, Warner Brothers studio tours. Excuse me. Um, going out to eat at really cool restaurants like Greenfields or Cheesecake Factory. So uh, having my built-in built -in best friend in you, I think is definitely one of the, the best things about being a husband. That's awesome. And then for, for a dad, like, you know, we I mentioned it before that Avery is doing uh, extracurricular stuff now. So we got to see her have her first softball practice. And it was really fun to watch her. I mean, we'll, we'll see if she really likes it. I think she was doing it to kind of make us happy. Maybe she'll grow to love it. I hope she does. If not, then that's okay. She'll try something else. But it was still like kind of like that proud papa moment to, to watch her like go out there and play and look like she's having fun. So uh, moments like that, that I got to play and have fun with her and with Liam as well uh, are, are really great to me as a dad. Yeah, I don't know if I enjoyed watching Avery in softball practice more or watching you watch it. Because <laughs> you could definitely tell you were really proud of her. Oh, thanks. That thanks. was sweet. Mm -hmm. Okay, you win the lotto. What do you spend your money on? Well, I don't know. How much? A lot. Anything. Any dollar amount? Yep. Okay, well, because like when I was doing, you know, we haven't actually even touched in it yet. So I, I did community college at PCC and then didn't really finish because I started working. And then Space Bank offered me a full-time position. So I started just working full-time. And school was kind of put on the afterburner, on the, on the back burner because of that. Um, and, you know, so I ended up really uh, enrolling again uh, with BYU Idaho online. And through the online classes, we had to do a lot of message board activities. That's kind of how they do a lot of the great, give us kind of some busy work to like participate in message boards. And they often have us do participate in like, you know, get to know you questions, things like that. And they often will ask us the question, like, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And to be honest, a million dollars isn't really that much money. Like, no. I mean, that would barely buy you a house here. <laughs> I mean, I'd love it, but no. Yeah. So, I mean, if you just say, what would you do with, like, you know, if you won the lottery? Okay. Well, I guess if you win the lottery, you're getting more than way more than a million. Yeah. Right? Just as much as you could possibly think. What would you spend it on? Um, Probably buy a sports team. Which one? The Dodgers. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Our marriage can stay intact. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked me that years before, and actually, I considered buying the Dallas Cowboys if I had that kind what? of money. But I think it'd be—I I think it was because I think I remember hearing or reading somewhere that even if the team's performing poorly, like they're just because the Dallas uh, uh, Texas people like they just love their football team. So, like, I think it was like the most profitable sports franchise. Oh, that's why. Because of like it doesn't matter if they're good or bad, they just have. But I don't think that's the case. Actually, I think the Dodgers might be the most profitable. Uh, when when Magic Johnson and his team bought the team, uh, his investment team when they bought it, I think they they bought it at the highest value. So I don't know if they have the. That'd be a fun thing to Google search. What what sports franchise is the retail value that being the most like uh, uh 
expensive. There you yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the Dodgers would be the one team I want to buy. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Tell me about a time you've shed happy tears. Oh, so many. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it when you cry. <laughs> Uh, almost anything Avery does or says usually makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, you do get cheerful for her. But there's a soft spot in your heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for sure, the biggest one would probably have been the, the moment that she was born, that yeah. I got to be there in the, the hospital room with Allison and hold her hand and see Avery come out. And yeah. Are you getting tearful right now? No, I'm okay. okay. Whatever. <laughs> what does um, our future hold? Where do you see us in five or 10 years? Uh, well, in five or 10 years, um, I'm hopefully I, I should be done with grad school. So I mean, I'm getting ready to start that really exciting journey in the next couple of weeks at the end Ooh. of this month. Uh, so hopefully that I, I, I'm able to finish grad school faster than it took for me to do my undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that would mean that in about two years, I'll, I'll be done with that. Uh, and hopefully with a great job in either uh, human resources or in marketing. So I'm able to be the bread, main breadwinner for the family so that Allison can work less and able to pull our, our money together and come up with a plan and actually buy a home. Uh, great if it's here in the Southern California area, but we have discussed that it's possible that we might move uh, just depending on where job opportunities are and where we can actually buy a home because we definitely want to be homeowners and we want Avery to have that experience of uh, getting to play in a yard and Liam as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would see is that done with school. So yeah, that's where I, I would see us. Perfect. Okay, I have one more question, but before I get to that, because that's the last question, is there anything else you want to say? Oh, that's a, that's a good uh, segue question. I, I ask that for people too. Yeah, I know you do that. <laughs> I'm doing it because I pay attention. <laughs> well, you know what? If you've been a fan of this podcast and if you've been listening from the very beginning, I've already kind of told a lot of the important stuff. Like, you, you know the story of Allison and I, how we met. If you go back to the very first episode, which is my most popular and most downloaded and streamed episode. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know uh, how our marriage life has gone. Uh, you know the story of uh, the IVF procedure that we had to do for Avery. You know how we came to become foster parents. You know the story of how we adopted Liam. And then you you know the story of my parents. And you know how I developed my love for music. And I just told you about sports and sci-fi fantasy. So, I mean, I've covered... If you go back to all these episodes and you put them all together, I think it kind of gives like a picture of who I am as a person. Uh, so again, a lot of the episodes I do now would really just kind of be talking about other things that interest me, like, you know, shows or what's going on in sports or music. So again, focusing on those three uh, topics, which tend to be like my favorite topics to discuss. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else from my life. Um, so we covered mission, covered uh, Dragon Fix School. Can I say that one of the reasons you started the podcast was so that you would have a chance to leave that to posterity. Oh, so yeah. I think it's really cool that you have, like you said, painted a picture of yourself. Like if Avery goes back and listens to this, she'll be able to remember hundred percent who dad is. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is definitely something that I would love for her and for Liam to listen yeah, to. Liam, when he's old enough. Yeah. Avery will get there sooner. Yeah. Avery's going to get mm -hmm. there really soon. <laughs> In fact, she, she already understands what a podcast is. I mean, because we, we use a uh, good night world. A Sesame Street podcast to help her to go to sleep because I mean she she has Allison's brain and like has a difficulty falling asleep she's not like me where I can just lay down on my head and fall asleep I'm so jealous so so she understands what a podcast is and she's always wanting to listen to like the current episodes uh that I've done or episodes that I've done um so it's really cool really encouraging really fun to see that so as she gets a little older I think she'll actually want to listen to the the podcast episodes for content itself for context 
Okay, last question. Yeah. How much do you love your wife? Oh, with everything in my heart. Yes, <laughs> my wife's great. She's been wonderful and great. My built-in best friend. We've had so much fun in our marriage. Uh, there's been trials and, and struggles, yes. But again, like there's been so much joy and happiness that you don't even really think about the struggles and uh, hardships that we've had to deal with. I mean, we, we talk about them on the podcast so, so people know. So they're aware that, hey, you know, if, if you're faced with struggles and challenges, uh, it, it can be anything. Um, you know, for, for us, we were going through the struggles of infertility and problems like that. Uh, there could be additional problems that couples go through. But uh, I hope that uh, our story can be inspiring for other people. And that's one of the reasons why we want to record it. So it's available for people to listen to. And, um, and yeah. That's awesome. How good of a host was I? You are a wonderful host. You came up with some really great questions. Uh, I hope uh, my listeners find this to be interesting. Uh, because again, uh, I, as Allison mentioned, I started the podcast as a hobby because I, I, I mean, I've mentioned this many times in the past as well, that I love podcasting. I love the idea of listening to topics that interest me, uh, particularly on my commute to work, because, you know, if I'm driving from here to Pasadena for work, it is a little bit of a commute. So I have like, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour to kill. So it's nice to kind of listen to something like this and, um, Oh yeah, yeah, and then actually, uh, uh, kind of maybe even coming out of my shell a little bit. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like a, a super introvert, but not really an extrovert either. So I think uh, becoming a better conversationalist is something that I've been looking to do, to uh, talk to friends and come up with com compelling questions and having really great conversations, and sometimes even just fun. Like you know, like a lot of the things I do are kind of lighthearted. Uh, what I kind of would like to do is even like challenge myself even more. So maybe uh, talk to more of my friends who I haven't talked to in, in quite a while and make sure I have proper notes, but then also being able to come up with uh, compelling questions to get the conversation going even more. Because I think uh, it, it's another way for us to grow and develop as people, to be able to become even more versed in conversations because communication is super important and it, it's fun. I think that's, it's really fun. That's why I, I like doing this podcast so much. It's awesome. Good job, babe. High Thank five. You. Thank you. Give me a kiss. <laughs> Good job. Okay. You've been listening to Allison's Cutting In on Albert's podcast. It's been really fun. Thanks for being my guest, my one and only guest, Albert Pineda. <laughs> I love you. Thanks. Love you too. And thank you so much for, for taking on this hosting responsibility. And this was fun. This was a really cool idea. Uh, and yeah, I think a lot of my friends may be kind of interested in like listening to this, that I get to, to share my feelings because more often than not with the podcast, it's more of the guest talk, which is the way I like to do it. And I know the guests often like they want to hear what I have to say. So I'm grateful that I had this opportunity just to just talk. It's been fun. Okay. Bye everybody. All right. Thank you.